know, no big deal. Um, we're glad to just give that away. Um, but uh, it is an expensive program, so I do want to thank you for that. Uh, do we have anybody in here that came because of Awana? I know we've had a few families that have joined us because of Awana. They ran into us there. Oh, I got hallelujah. See that hand in the back. All right, perfect. Thank you. Um, okay, we had at least one that was willing to, to own up to that. So uh, we're in the middle of a series called Artisan Soul. And just to catch everybody up, what we've been talking about along the way is that we've been created in the image of a creator God. So we've been created to create. We've talked a little bit about uh, what shapes us. And a big thing is voices and, and the, uh, the words that have been spoken to us are incredibly powerful and shape who we are. So we've got to listen to the right voices. Uh, we've talked about how God has given us the capacity to imagine things, and we have the ability to uh, shape a future. Uh, we have the capacity to not just know truth, but to interpret it and to apply it. And today we're going to get into the part of the nitty-gritty of actually putting that image into reality. Uh, we're talking about this idea of craft this week. Um, our theme verse through the whole uh, process has been uh, this verse here from Corinthians uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. So let's just say that together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And so today we're going to talk about that craft, the idea of making things, uh, building things, putting things together, um, putting it to life. And I thought it might be fun if we, we just thought through together, what are some things that you make here? I know we've had a few artist highlight videos, but do, do we have any like hidden talents uh, here in the room? I just Maybe you can raise your hand for your neighbor too, but here's what I'm looking for. Like maybe your job is like your CPA by day, but a taxidermist by night. Um, you know, you are a, um, I don't know, you're a, uh, a construction worker by day, but at night um, you make porcelain dolls um, or you just paint them. I don't know. Do we have any of those kinds of like hidden talents, things that you might do that um, somebody doesn't know about you? You're a true artisan. And if your neighbor's one, you want to rat them out, go ahead and put your hand up too. Do we have any? Oh, I see one over here pointing. Hold on. I can't. What's, hold on, who's, we got some hidden talent? Oh, okay, we got one over here. All right, good, thank you. I hope it's not real lame because I'm walking over here. All right, say your name and what you do. All right, my name is Diana Sloan. By day, I am a receptionist, and uh, my spare time, I like painting murals and still lifes and uh, drawing. Murals, like big things, like on walls and stuff? On walls and stuff. What's your biggest mural so far? Uh, my biggest mural was um, a lighthouse. Dad took up the whole wall and then said, Jesus is the lighthouse. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, let's give her a round of applause. Any other hidden talents, things that you do that nobody knows about you? Um, let's see. Come on, we got to have a few more. Anybody? Oh, we got one back here. You're pointing at somebody. Oh, me? Yeah, I make sourdough. What else do I do? Um, I've made soap. I've made um, soda. All right, go ahead.
earrings. What's the biggest earring you've ever made? That's awesome. Good. Any others over here? Yeah, we give her a round of applause too. Any others over here? Any amateur taxidermist? I'm just kind of curious now. All right. Somebody said amateur taxidermist. All right, okay. All right, any others you want to go ahead and say? All right, so we've all got something inside of us. Tell me later. Um, but we're talking about building things. You know, we're talking about making something happen. And in this series, we're focusing on making our life into a work of art. Now, here's, here's the thing. Like, I wish that this could be something like how to succeed in business without really trying. Uh, but at the end of the day... Success in any craft involves two key ingredients. One is hard work, and the second is time. It, it, this is really without exception. You know, you ask an artist, man, how is it that you've, you've become a, a master of this? How is it that you've been able to get the right colors and the shading and all the stuff that goes into it? And the answer is going to be, I, I've, been, I've been doing this for a long time. A lot of practice, a lot of crumpled up things ended up in the trash can, a lot of canvases that get painted over and started on top of again. Uh, that's that's going to be the answer. You ask a, a professional athlete, you know, how is it that you have become so masterful? What, what has enabled you to become, you know, a performer at this kind of level? And they're going to say, man, it's practice. It's practice. You know, it, it's hours on the court. It's hours in the field. It's hours at the driving range. That's what it takes. You ask a musician, how is it that you've reached such proficiency? And they will tell you it is practice. It is time. It's experience. It's trial and hour, error. It is long hours. It's research. I know we live in a college town. We've got people that you know are, are proficient in academics and in research. Listen, research just takes time. There's no fast way to do it. You've got to read 100 bad articles before you find a good article. And that's how it is. When it comes to our life, we should not expect it to take any less time. It's going to take time and it's going to take effort if we're going to build with the strength and beauty of character. You see, character is formed through discipline and tested by time. Discipline is one of those words that I think we often sort of, you know, divorce from its root, which is disciple. Discipline is, is teaching. It's, it's teaching ourselves if it's self-discipline. It is molding our, ourself, our behavior, our thoughts. If we're going to do this, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. If you ask for people to say, hey, what's the top ten list of things you'd like to do? Discipline is not going to make the top of that list. But it's required if we want to move forward and build something that's a masterpiece. Uh, Erwin says this. We've seen far too many people publicly fail because their talent was greater than their character. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. I mean, we've seen politicians, pastors, we've seen business people brought down because of what? Because of a lack of character. They wanted to build something fast and big. They wanted to build something great, but they forgot that if it wasn't built good, if it didn't have goodness in its essence, that it was going to fail. They lacked character. If we're going to build something in our life, it's going to have to start from that core ethos of goodness. And then over time, we build it into greatness. You know, one of the shows we like watching in our house and have over the years is a Shark Tank. Do we have any Shark Tank fans? Anybody that likes to watch Shark Tank? Really? That's all? All right. So for those of you that don't know what Shark Tank is, you know if you lie in church, lightning comes from the ceiling? 
and will leave a just a powdered remains where it used to be, where you used to be. How many of you have seen Shark Tank now? Yeah, a lot more. That's what I thought. Okay. All right, so Shark Tank works something like this. For those of you that um, don't have TV, you live in a closet. That's great. Um, so here's how this works. Uh, people have, like entrepreneurs, they have this idea, this business idea, and they bring it into a room full of uh, investors. These are people who have started successful businesses, have lots of startups, and they give them a pitch, they show them a product, or they describe their service, but usually it's a product. And when they do that, then the sharks will ask some questions like, what kind of sales do you have? What's, what's gone into it? Uh, tell me your story. Uh, you know, what does it cost? You know, what's your profit? All these kinds of things. And, and if it all adds up, uh, they'll get an investment. Now, they'll usually pitch something like, you know, uh, something kind of ridiculously high, and the sharks come in, and, and, and they form a partnership. And a lot of really big businesses have actually kind of been, been launched through this. It's, it's a neat show to watch. Um, but Mark Cuban, who's uh, probably my favorite shark, in the tank he has this phrase uh, when somebody gets in there and they've like half-heartedly done this like they're on the show really more for the the promotion than anything else they've it's clear like they maybe have a prototype but they haven't perfected it or they've got some sales but they they've put no hustle or grind into building up their business uh, mark cuban will call them he'll say you know you're not an entrepreneur you're a wantrepreneur you want to be an entrepreneur but you're just not. You just haven't put in the effort. And he said, you know, I'm out. I'm, I don't want to invest in somebody that's half-heartedly invested in themselves. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of truth in that that goes just beyond being an entrepreneur. There's a lot of truth in that that goes, I, and I hate, and we're going to step on some toes just a little bit, and I'm really sorry, but like into our faith, okay? Like I've talked to people, like they, they'll leave church. Sometimes they'll send me an email or a phone call and be like, you know, I just never felt connected at your church. Well, 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 tell me about that. Like, like you went to Circle Up and, and you couldn't meet anybody? Oh, no, I never went to Circle Up. Oh, so in your community group, it just didn't quite gel? Oh, no, I never went to a community group. Oh, so like when you stood around after service and like you went to Guest Central and you, you got to meet some people there, like they just weren't friendly? Oh, oh no, I, I'd, leave, I'd leave early and I'd come late. Well, well, no wonder you didn't form any relationships. I'll take it around, and I'll say it a different way. You formed the relationships that you wanted to form, which were none. It's, it's true with God, too, right? You know, people say, I don't feel close to God. Well, why is that? It's because you watch more TV than you pray. It's because you spend more time, you know, doom-scrolling in the Bible. It's because you spend more time going other places than you do coming to church, and you only do that when it's convenient, at the end of the day, you have as much of God as you really want. We could go on, right? It's true in our relationships. You're not vulnerable. You're not honest. You don't put in the effort. You don't put in the work. And you wonder why your relationships are shallow, why, why people don't trust you. It's, maybe it's because you don't trust them. You, you put it into your work. You know, this, this concept of quiet quitting, you know, is all over the news. You know, uh, okay. But you go, well, why, why am I not excelling? Why, why are they getting a promotion I'm not? Well, are you are you putting in the work? Are you doing the work and putting in the effort required to excel? Friends, we'd, yeah, it'd be great if life was just super easy and we didn't have to do anything, but, but we've been created to work. Work is a gift from God. Before God, you know, before the fall, God gave us work to do. That's what we've been created for, is to create, to do the work, to do the effort, to put in these things, to build something amazing. That's what we're called to. And it's time we embrace it. 
McManus says this, moments of greatness are far more appealing than a lifetime of faithfulness. It's true, man. You know, people, you know, well, it sure would be awesome if you could just sort of like wake up an overnight success. It's not how it works. Uh, I love this story. Eugene Peterson wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And his um, publisher said, oh, that's a terrible title. Nobody's going to buy it. Um, and he said, but that's what the life of faith is. It's just a long obedience in the same direction. Now, let's be real honest. If you're in a bookstore and you're going, man, I want to I improve my faith life, and you see a book titled Long Obedience in the Same Direction or Five Easy Steps to Growing Your Faith, I'm with you. We're going to buy the five easy steps to growing our faith, right? That's the one that appeals most as opposed to a long obedience in the same direction. But that's what it is. Step one, the easy step is just obey for a long time going in the same direction. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But this is where we are. Moments of greatness are far more appealing than a lifetime of faithfulness. But it is only through a lifetime of faithfulness that we will look back and realize that our lives have become masterpieces. True greatness comes from a pursuit of goodness, from the hard work of perfecting your character, your work, and your craft. Second thing here, greatness never emerges outside of hard work. I really think that's true. I, I agree with McManus. That's, that's his quote. He says, man, greatness never emerges outside of hard work. You know, I think and often we have this idea that, you know, because it doesn't happen instantly or come easily, it's not worth pursuing. But in reality, our talent is not, it's not like those guys, you hear about them every now and then, they go visit that uh, Diamond Park in Arkansas. Have you guys heard of this thing? It's, there's, it's the only place in America that diamonds are found, and they're found at the service. And every now and then a tourist will be walking through there, they'll click, you know, kick a clod of dirt, and realize that it's a diamond, and now they're like a millionaire. Uh, I think in life, we sort of have this idea that that ought to be how it is. We ought to just sort of walk through life. Eventually, we'll stumble upon something, and that's going to be it. That's not the image. If you're going to get something worthwhile, you've got to mine. You've got to dig deep. You've got to work hard. Sure, you might have one of those moments, but you don't have diamond mines making, you know, billions of dollars because of accident. It's hard work, it's investment, it's coming in and digging deep and saying, we are going to find the things that are worth finding. Now, the problem is it takes time. And I think the hard work, or what makes the work hard, is it's often maybe not so tedious or laborious. What it is, is it's just, it's consistent. It's just, it takes a long time. And we find it difficult to come back and do the same thing one more time, just to get just a little bit better. But, but that's what's required. Athletes, musicians, actors, news anchors, all these people you know, that we admire today, it doesn't look like they've been at it for a long time. We, we live in a time where we sort of value youth and, and you know, accelerating your culture, you know, the 30 under 30, 40 under 40 kind of thing. You know, these are the movers and shakers. If you're not a success by 30, the myth is that you're never going to be one. If you've not done something with your life by 40, you might as well give up. Once you reach 50, Hey, sorry, you know, you're, you're aged out whether you did something meaningful or not. But often, friends, it takes time. We, we've perpetuated this myth in our culture. McManus writes this. He says, we live in a world where the value of human lives has been flipped upside down. In ancient times, it was understood that the young were at the start of their journeys and that those who had lived long, colorful lives were sources of wisdom and insight. The greatest contributors to the world were the ones who had lived longest and best. Modern culture has flipped that upside down. 
not too long ago, I turned 40, and my daughter was in the middle of a psychology class. That'll make you feel old. Um, and she said, Dad, you know, you don't need to worry. 40s are the most productive decade of a person's life, statistically speaking. Well, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. I didn't struggle with turning 40, really. I, I, was, I was at peace with it. But it's got me thinking, when do we achieve? I've got a couple um, graphics here. If you've got the app, I've linked to them so you can find them in their context later. But it, here's a few, and I know you can't see them, but let me give you some ages for, for when we peak at certain performances. So learning a new language, age seven. Okay, if you're older than that, you're on the downhill slope. This one hurts, I'm not going to lie, uh, because I've, I've often held that the peak of human intelligence is a freshman in college. Um, just ask them. They'll tell you they're the smartest people they know. Um, but in fact, your brain processing power peaks at 18. So there you go. Uh, remembering names is 22. Uh, life satisfaction peaks at 23. Uh, 23 is an interesting age. It's actually when most men would describe a woman as the most attractive. So, ladies, if you're past 23, I'm sorry, uh, you've passed that. Um, uh, some, some of you aren't laughing. Um, it's okay. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Oddly enough, men apparently get more attractive the, the longer they live. I'm sure there's like a cutoff age. Like, I'm sure 90 at least, you know, we're kind of going, now nah, you're past your prime. Uh, muscle strength, 25. Finding a partner for marriage, 26. Running a marathon, 28. Uh, bone mass, 30. So if you're 30, just grab that bone in your arm and go, man, it's not going to get any better than this. 31, playing chess. Remembering faces peaks at 32. Salary for ladies peaks at 39. And for everybody making a Nobel Prize winning discovery is at 40. So, all right, if that was on your bucket list... Uh, you've got that. Now, you come onto the, the, you know, the flip side of life. Salary for men peaches at, pe peaks at 48. And then this one's interesting. Arith almost arithmetic, arith your math skills, um, peaks at 50. So those of you that like the Sudoku, uh, you'll never be better at it than you are at 50. How about this one? 51 is when we best understand people's emotions. That's kind of an interesting thing to think about. We're, we're more empathetic, or we have the capacity for greatest empathy in that uh, decade of the 50s. Life satisfaction actually peaks a second time at the age of 69. Um, people look back on their life, and they go, you know what? It's been pretty good. That happens at 69. 71, your vocabulary. How about this? I made a little fun of the 23 being the most attractive, but at 74, statistics show that you're actually happiest with your body at 74. Um, you are the happiest with your body at 74. I'm not, I'm not in that age, and I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole, but um, I can tell some of you disagree. That's all right. Um, 82, psychological well-being. You're healthiest in your mind at uh, 82. Now, obviously, there's exceptions to these things. You can have pro athletes. I mean, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl at 40, right? Olympians uh, win medals into their 50s and 60s, if you count archery and curling. Um, and let's be honest, any sport, bowling, curling, where you can have a plate of nachos and a pitcher of beer and still be considered an athlete, there's, I mean, there's a benefit in that in and of itself, right? So there you go. Uh, here's a chart, a little graphic. Um, here, let's get the pen out. This will help. 
so right here is where you turn 40. Um, the three things you need to do before you're 40 is you need to win an Olympic gold medal uh, in gymnasts, gymnastics. Man, um, the dash is throwing me off. You need to be an NBA MVP before you turn 30. At 36, uh, you're most likely to get the Oscars for Best Actress. So, uh, you know, put that on your list. But then everything past this, you've got to be in your 40s to do. You're going to have to be 40 to get your Grammy Album of the Year, to be the best actor, to be the best director. The average age of an S&P 500 CEO is 55. Uh, 55 is the first term presidency average age. Uh, also, and then over here are just Nobel Prizes in physics, medicine, and economics. So I guess what all of this comes down to is, is pretty simple. It's that we all have capacity for greatness, whatever our age may be. If you're here and you can fog a mirror, uh, then you have some potential to do something. So what's it take? How do you get there? It's pretty simple. It takes courage and it takes hard work. I want to look a little bit at the story in, in 1 Chronicles 28 of King Solomon. King Solomon has been handed this massive task by his father to build the temple of God. And he has been said, hey, here's all these details and instructions, and I've, I've worked out, you know, a supply chain and get all these things to you, uh, and now you're going to build what we'll later remember as one of the, the wonders of the ancient world. But here's what he says is going to be required. Uh, David says to his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Be strong and courageous and do the work. What's it take to succeed? What's it take to move and take our goodness into greatness? It's to be strong and courageous and do the work. Let's, let's say that together. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Okay, that's, that's key. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. David is saying to his son Solomon, Solomon, listen, I know it's, it's a big project. You need to have courage to start. You need to have strength to finish. And you need to be determined to do the work, to faithfully show up. One of my favorite quotes from McManus in this whole book is this. He says, if we work hard enough, hard work will eventually be mistaken for talent. And if we refuse to give up, perseverance will eventually be mistaken for greatness. Oh, put that down someplace. If we work hard enough, hard work will eventually be mistaken for talent. And if we refuse to give up, perseverance will eventually be mistaken for greatness. So let's put all this into context of where we've been. Step one is we were recognizing that we've been created in the image of God. We were created to create. Step two is to clarify which voices we're going to listen to to determine our future. Third, we're going to clarify how we understand life and what God has created us for. Step four is to imagine this future that we believe God is calling us to co-create with him. And today, it's that hard work that makes that image a reality. A couple of quick thoughts on how we can put that together. First is this. The best way to produce your best work is to surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with good people. What does it take? What do we mean by a good person? Uh, here's how Solomon described it. He calls together this. He says, every willing person and they are skilled in any craft. Uh, both of those are key. 
we meet a lot of people who are willing. You know, it's the sweaty try-hard that just doesn't quite have the skill, um, and they're not going to cut it. You know, they're going to show up, they're going to work hard, but they're maybe just not gifted in that sense. You know, I, I love those folks, and I'd take a hundred of those, especially if your other option is to just take somebody who's skilled but not willing. That means they're talented, but they don't want to work hard. You know, they know that they're good, but they don't want to work that, you know, much. They don't want to achieve greatness. They're just satisfied with mediocrity. Uh, Solomon seems to understand that you have to have somebody who is both willing and skilled. Man, I'll tell you, you bring somebody like that into your life, onto your team, you work with them, and it will start to, to change things. It will start to change the dynamic. You know, I, I, he doesn't know I'm going to say this, but I want to, uh, we've experienced a little bit of that here in, uh, in our, our church staff. We just hired Nathan, and he is skilled and willing. Uh, this week, it drove that home for me because we've had this youth wing that's been full of garbage for a few years, and we've kept saying, hey, we ought to get around to that to cleaning it up and using it. And that's my impression of myself. And then uh, Nathan's done. Let's just, like, do it next week. Let's just do it. And sure enough, guess what? It, it happened. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's a challenge. And, hey, listen, we're going to bring our best every single day. You need to surround your people self with people who are going to bring their best every single day. Nothing will pursue or pr prompt you to do your best work than somebody else who is doing their best work. Second thing is this, is to remember a work of art requires an artist at work. Um, if God created us to be successful at something, he's called us to work hard at it. I think within the Christian um, culture, I think there's this thing that, that folks outside the church find unattractive about the church. It's this idea that, that God's going to somehow do everything, that God's going to make everything happen, that God's the one who, who does all of this stuff. Listen, Jesus came to do for you what you could not do for yourself. He did not come to do for you what you could and should do for yourself. Okay? If, if God's called you to it, he's called you to work at it. Not to simply just have potential, which is talent that's not been developed, but to actually put the hard work in to make it happen. The work of an artist requires an artist at work. Uh, third, we've got to learn from the zone. Um, how many of you ever had those moments in your life where, like, you just, like, couldn't fail? Um, like, you're just, like, working, like, man, maybe it's in your job and, like, whatever you're doing, like, like it's so, it was so easy for about an hour, maybe just 10 minutes. Um, how many of you have also had those moments where you looked at yourself and you're like, I can't believe I did that? Like, that actually, I said that? That was a terrible thing for me to do. How many of you have had, like, a few, yeah, moments of terribleness? Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, we, we have these zones, like, where we're looking at ourself as, like, our absolute best self and our absolute worst self. And the challenge for us is to learn from that. When you're at your best, what led you to that? Was it because you left your phone at home that day and you weren't distracted? And, and maybe you had a big breakfast or you had a light breakfast or, or the phone wasn't working and you just were able to make it happen? If so, learn from that. And you don't have to leave your phone at home every time, but just maybe leave it in the car during that time of productivity. Likewise, if you are absolutely terrible when you're hungry, you know, keep a granola bar with you, you know? Don't, don't allow yourself to get hangry. If you, if you got to get some sleep, get that sleep. Learn from those zones and the place where we actually excel and thrive. And don't allow it to just be chance, but work to make it happen. Fourth, pay attention to details. 
You know, uh, one of the things I struggle with in Scripture is the book of Leviticus. Well, even Exodus picks it up where it's like, you know, and Moses build this, you know, tabernacle out of this, and it's going to be so many cubits long and tall and, and get it out of this type of tree and that and this kind of thing. And, and the, the details go on for chapter and chapter, and you're just kind of like, I don't care. And then when it gets done, it's like Moses built it exactly to the specifications. But instead of that, they just they give you all the specifications one more time. I don't know what we're going to learn from that other than this, that God cares about the details. You know, what is it that sets a, a true craftsman apart from, you know, an amateur? It's the attention to detail. It's when you get it done, you go, man, this couldn't have been done any better. That's, that's how you know it was made by a craftsman. So if you're going to give yourself to something, then pay attention to the details. If you struggle with that, then, then use your imagination. We talked a little bit about this last week, but, but close your eyes and imagine, what is this product going to look like when you're finished with it? Or, or if it's an event, you know, how's it going to be from beginning to end? What are all the details that are going to go into that? See it in your mind. Make a list and then work to make that happen. Pay attention to the details. Fifth, settle in for a lifetime of work. There's this quote in the book of, from Michelangelo that said, if people knew how hard I had to work to get my mastery, it wouldn't seem so wonderful. Friends, that's the piece that we don't get to see when people are shining in their moments of greatness. Yeah, you might see the, the MVP trophy. You, you might see, you know, a, a, a painting put up in a museum. You, you might see somebody win an award, and in that moment you go, gosh, it, it, it must be nice. It, aren't they lucky? And what we should be saying is, man, they've worked so hard. There's, there's countless hours outside of the spotlight where we had to look. They, if we could look, we would see how hard they were working. You might not be able to control the gifts and talents you have, but you've got every responsibility uh, to steward what God has given to you. Uh, I brought this up just because it's an interesting thing. This is the old uh, Matthew 5.16 uh, lamp we used to give out. Um, and I'll leave this up here later. You can come and look at it. I have been to now three potters trying to get them to make this because the guy that made these originally retired. And every single one I've taken, these are people who do this professionally. They look at this and they go, we're not quite sure how you can make that by hand. The person who took the guy's job can't make this, doesn't know how to make this. The other guy was making these like into his 80s. It's, it's a lost skill. It's a lost art. You, you look at it, it's nothing... It doesn't look like it'd be hard. I mean, says the guy who doesn't do pottery. Um, you know, it doesn't look like it'd be hard, but nobody can make it. It's, it's something he perfected over time. It's a skill that he has. It's something that he did with his lifetime of work as he built this thing that's, that's beautiful and elegant and simple. But it took time. It took effort. So I think about that. I think of our lives. You know, you've been given this one life to make. It, only one option. You know, let's make something beautiful with it. Let's put in the time. Uh, this week we're going to have another uh, one leg at a time challenge that we push out on social media. I want to tell you what, what it is here today so you can start thinking about it. Uh, I kind of hope you've been starting with a journal through this series, but uh, if not, make a list of everything you need to stop doing and then create an exit plan for it. Um, if, if you're saying, man, this is, I want to make this kind of peace. I want to build this kind of life. I want to do this kind of work. Then, then look at everything that's standing in the way of that and make an exit plan for it. 
Yeah, you might not be able to quit your job tomorrow. I, I get that. But you might say, you know what I could do is I could move this out of my, you know, my spare time. And eventually, maybe I could work my way into this. Uh, evaluate the quality of your work. Ask others to give you honest feedback. If you want real honest feedback, give a bunch of people sort of a blank sheet and say, just write this out, fill this out, and give this back to me. You know, we've got to hear feedback. We've got to be able to receive it if we're going to excel, if we're going to um, develop. And then refine your skills by working with people more skilled than you. Go find somebody who does what you want to do but does it better. And go practice with them and see what happens. And I think you'll find that you excel. This is true in life also. Um, you know, look for somebody who's living the kind of life that you want to live. If, if you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, I, what I really want is this kind of life. I want this kind of marriage. I want this kind of, of kid. Man, then look for the people that are doing that well and go ask them for advice. Here's what I've noticed. A lot of craftsmen, a lot of people who excel aren't the first to come and say, hey, listen, I'll show you how to be great just like me. I found that a lot of those people, though, when you ask them, say, hey, would you, could you spend some time with me? Could you show me what you do? The answer is almost always yes. I'd love to do that. So the challenge this week is pretty simple. I want to come back to our, our verse here. Oops. Um, be, be strong and courageous and do the work. That for me is, I think, the, the big take-home for me this week, is to be strong and courageous and do the work. Uh, let me pray. God, we thank you for this call that you put on our lives to not just be people that imagine a new future, that aren't people that just imagine a better relationship with you or those around us, but that, God, we're the people that work for that. So, Lord, I pray that this morning you would help us to be strong, that you'd help us to be courageous, that you'd help us to do the work. We thank you for the way that you meet us right where we are, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Listen, none of us do this alone. That's the thing I liked about that verse of, of David to Solomon. He said, uh, be strong and courageous. God's not going to leave you. You know, we're all a work in project. We've all got things in process. Uh, this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I'd encourage you to talk to somebody about that uh, because he's, he wants to help you shape the best of your life. That's why he came. He came to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself to help you to do what he's called you to do through the power of his spirit. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing.